Susan Felth, the Citizen Kane of podcasting. Modern man is confronted with so many movies. Which ones are films? And which ones are filth? In at number 94, it's the conclusion, sort of, to the story about toys. It's still my conclusion. Toy Story 3, I have not seen Toy Story 4 yet, because Toy Story 3 was such a wrap-up to the series. I keep mm-hmm. hearing 4 is good, 4 is great, you should watch 4. I, I, I like 4 better. I'm okay, sorry. you know, I should watch 4, I get it, but... uh, I'm not Actually, no, I'm not sorry. No, it's, it's like we'll you get into watch it. The Last Jedi and you can be finished with... Star Wars. I, I've, I've, okay, maybe that's not why I do with Toy Story. This is <laughs> more like the Return of the Sith of Toy Story movies, though. This is okay. very much absolute banger. Um, <laughs> I mean, people get people get banged. There's a lot of lava. I, okay, mm-hmm. granted, no toys lose their legs that we can see, but you know, I'm sure there's some in there. They do in the first one. Uh, I guess we should get to introductions. This is Matt here. This is Luke here. This is Mark here. It's it's. Films and Filth, the Citizen Kane of Podcasting. It's Toy Story 3 today. Uh, joining us from, from not too far away from Walt Disney World. Uh, she is currently on Mission Log Live talking about Strange New Worlds. Uh, she doesn't know it yet, but she has done this twice already because this is the future. Hello, Heather. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, you can I love tell it. us how Matt, first Matt loves confusing there. everyone by like just taking the inside baseball and just dumping it out on the table before we even start. I am yeah. not special enough to watch the first two episodes. I'm like the only person that doesn't get the screener. So I watch it with everybody else. I have no clue. And the I, you know, I guess I could have gone to the premiere, but it was very small and hush hush. So I will find out in two days. Yeah, what's yeah. in this first episode it's temporally confusing um, <laughs> as far as toy story 3 this might be the movie i've seen the most times possibly because my daughter was like two when it hit blu-ray so mm-hmm. you know for like what six months this was on like every weekend uh until yeah but thank god it wasn't frozen right oh that happened too <laughs> i like i like frozen better than this movie Okay. Yeah, M- Mark's on the our descending opinion today for mm-hmm. Toy Story three. I mean, sort not, of. not enough songs. Yeah, so not enough songs in this. We'll get into it. I'm okay. gonna keep saying that until we actually are just done with the episode, and I'll say we'll, we'll get into. <laughs> Maybe it just fully brainwashed me. So I don't know. Um, Luke, what's your experience on this one? You would you would have been a what a twenty year old hipster that didn't want to see Pixar movies when this came out, right? Nope, this came out, and I was at Glastonbury Music Festival, where they have a cinema tent, and we saw on the schedule, like, so this was like a week before the film came out, and it said, like, Thursday night, Toy Story, Friday night, Toy Story 2, Saturday night, mystery film, and we were like, (laughs) okay, we know what that is. Uh, So yeah, I saw this the week before release. Um, and I mean, I was lit- I would think I was specifically the target audience because I was almost the same age as Andy and had watched one and two when I was also the same age as Andy. Um, and I liked it well enough and I thought it was a good ending. And I felt, oh, that concluded Toy Story. And I have never watched a Toy Story movie in the 15 years since. <laughs> <laughs> 
until I rewatched this one last night. And I actually think I'm going to be somewhere between you and Mark. I uh, I saw this in the theater. Actually, I had already seen one and two on like VHS or something, but around the time three came out, they re-released one and two in 3D because this was the first one in 3D and possibly the last one. I don't know if four was in 3D because there's that weird thing where things stopped coming out in 3D without any fanfare very recently. Like the new Spider-Verse movie, not in 3D, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, so I saw all three of those in 3D within a week. Uh, this is my least favorite Toy Story movie. I still oh. like it, but it's... Uh, <laughs> There are some things that don't work for me in this. Yeah, this is where I um, fell off the cinematic Pixar bandwagon because I don't have the guts to go see a movie in Japan that's dubbed in Japanese with no English. Uh, I, I know Luke has braved this several times, but uh... yeah, but I won't. I won't go and see. No, I've gone and seen Japanese films in Japanese, or I've gone and rewatched a film in Japanese, but I haven't like yeah gone and watched a Pixar for the first time in Japanese. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, so so this level of film I tend not to see in the theater anymore for that reason. Um, Heather, how'd you come to Toy Story three? I guarantee I saw this in the theater, although I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but I remember crying uh, because this one definitely got me in the feels, and I was actually thinking as I rewatched it today, like, did the fourth movie take away <laughs> from? this movie as an ending and then i got too much in my head about like can a movie really take that away from you like if you thought this was like the not penultimate but the i don't know the ultimate the final like this was the end for you then this is the end for you and that's fine mm. um but this like i'm really curious to hear your all's opinions because this of of the movies is my favorite I, I like four, but I don't think four was necessary, even more so after rewatching this twice recently, because this was where it felt like the whole family was cohesive. Um, and it turned into being about found family, which it was always about found family. And so we end in this beautiful note where they're sorry, spoilers um, together. And then four just takes it in a different direction. And this what's the point? Um, so I'm curious. I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Change my mind. Make me hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm this the one the that came I'm... in. Like, oh yeah, this should be my ending, and that's why I haven't moved forward with with the series. Yep. I think I like four better because I think that a lot of this movie was t was transmitting to me that life is pointless, and <laughs> four is like, you know what, life is pointless. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> You don't want to take um, an Avenger to a trash because heap. it's like it's it's really difficult for me to 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 watch this and it's like I know that well okay I still have toys most people of our generation are sort of in this arrested development thing and I definitely still qualify even now so maybe maybe it kind of made me feel like a loser for not ever packing up my toys and going off to college uh, <laughs> I lived at my mom's house during college. For, for half of it when i did move out of my mom's house i went broke really fast and had to quit college so like uh maybe going this... through what lotso is going through in the movie yeah i'm more of sort of a lotso except for i'm not a fascist 
And also, if someone <laughs> saved my life, I would save their life. Also, mm -hmm. I wouldn't run a daycare prison for no reason. <laughs> really? He didn't seem to be getting anything out of it. Um, it to be in the better room. This is the center of what I what didn't work for me is that there is that incinerator scene, which a lot of people consider the best scene of the movie. And I was watching it just like, they are not going to incinerate these toys. The so only I, people who believe that are going to be kids who don't deserve that. <laughs> I was just like, this is ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, I should say, this film was very different this time round than it was for me the first time round. So the first time I saw it, I was in the cinema tent at a music festival. So it was me and a hundred other very drunk people. <laughs> so we fully believed it and we were all bawling our eyes out. Oh, and I, and like, because like I said, I haven't watched the film since. So when I went back to it last night and watched it and I got to that scene and I was like, oh yeah, this is so obviously just Disney movie. They're about to be rescued. <laughs> like, how yeah, did you're... I ever fall for this? You're as cynical now as I was when the movie came out. Yeah, whereas the first time around, I wasn't, but now I am. Mm. And then, yeah, there's I a don't... lot of the film, to me, doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, I for me, I, I, I felt like it was the, the ending scenes that made the movie for me, because I don't think the rest of it was all that great. But, like, during those scenes, I was so focused on how the characters were interacting with each other. Like it was absolutely playing on my heartstrings that way. Not so much that like, we know they're not going to die. Even if you're, I guess not if you're drunk, like you might, you're like, Oh, it's going to happen. They're actually going to do it. Disney's going all the way. Um, yeah. But it was again, like, I, you know, it's like the first movie we have kind of the main crew, the second movie we get Jesse um, and the horse. Sorry forgot its name right now bullseye. Um, bullseye bullseye it came right as right as <laughs> so like we had them and then this this and it's especially like what i loved in the beginning of of this film is how it opened on them all getting to play together in, in like imagination land and so you got to see the entire crew like happy and a lot like alive doing their thing enjoying life to, like as a family as a as a unit and I felt that that was kind of what you got at the end again was them coming together in that that big moment of, oh, my gosh, we could all be gone right now, but they're going to go through it together. They I don't know. Again, it's that found family thing for me. And then when you go back and now Andy's giving the toys to Bonnie and now all the toys are getting played with again and then going into a new life, it was just too much for me. So <laughs> let me go ahead and. um. Oh, well, Mark, go ahead first. And oh, I'll I was synopsis. just going to say, I really like Bonnie. That's it. Uh, oh, I like yeah. Bonnie better than Kid Andy, actually. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> also, that was my daughter's age when we were watching. She kind of looked like mm -hmm. that at the time. So, yeah, that <laughs> okay. made the movie. That's probably why we were watching every week and in part. Um, okay. As far as the synopsis goes, here goes. Andy's toy has been going through the motions for years since Andy has grown up and no longer plays with them. He's off to college and has enough sentimentality to bring cowboy toy Woody along while the rest are destined for a box in the attic. But hijinks ensue. The toys almost end up in the garbage, yet finesse their way into the Sunnyside Daycare Center. It seems idyllic at first, with the charming Lotso Bear promising a sun-kissed golden years for the toys. Woody quickly escapes as Andy was going to bring him to college. 
But the other toys discover that they are actually prisoners to be played with by the most young and violent toddlers. Space Commander toy Buzz Lightyear tries to hash things out with Lotso, but his toy programming is altered and he becomes just another crony of Lotso. Meanwhile, Woody is picked up by a nice girl named Bonnie who presides over a bunch of nice toys. But he learns of Lotso's tyranny and returns to Sunnyside to jailbreak his friends. The escape almost works out, but Lotso intervenes, and mostly due to that jaded bear, the resulting struggle puts the whole Lotso of them face-to-face -face with the hellfire of a trash incinerator. The divine hand of an alien claw, or a garbage scowl, saves the Lotso of them, though Lotso himself ends up tied to the grill of a dump truck. The other toys make it back to Andy, who with a subtle prod from Woody, gifts the lot of them to Bonnie. Okay, summary complete. I don't know how yeah. long that was. Uh, that was acceptable. Uh, that wasn't okay. too long. It yeah. was somewhere between early Mark synopsis and later Mark synopsis. Okay. Yep. Luke is the arbiter of when we go on too long with the synopsises. <laughs> I'm going to keep cutting mine down until they're like nothing. <laughs> I That's saw the idea. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we're eventually going to do a movie that I really hate, and I'm just going to be like, people show up and do stuff. <laughs> you, could, you could just read the IMDb synopsis. It's usually like one line, nothing. I, I've plagiarized, plagiarized a few of those. <laughs> just read the back of the box. <laughs> well, we did a recording for the Hungover Games where I think the we Luke did give us the this, this sentence-long synopsis, and that was fine. That was more than was necessary mm -hmm. for that movie. So mm -hmm. True. <laughs> um Okay, so what I don't know, what's everyone's favorite Pixar movie and and why? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Cars one because it's a great sports movie. Okay. <laughs> I've never actually seen it, and I'm not I'm not gonna hate on it because I haven't seen it, but I've seen um, it yeah, a few I'm, times. I think I Cars too... gets lumped in with the, all the sequels and everything. Because I, the first cars uh... is fine, it's a good film. I never believe yeah. the internet when it's like the internet decides a movie's bad. That's just, you know. I haven't seen it. Otherwise, I would say The Good Dinosaur just to really be mm -mm. like counterculture. <laughs> I saw it. It's not that great. <laughs> yeah. uh, my favorite is Up because Up hits you with all the terrible things in the very beginning and the rest of the movie is just a depressed man surrounded by wonderful things until he eventually learns to appreciate how all the wonderful things are happening to him. And it literally is called up and you're basically just watching a man be lifted out of depression, hmm. which is the opposite of what Pixar does sometimes. That's I guess I think they nice like learned the wrong, they learned the wrong lesson from up. I'm like, Oh, people like the sad stuff. Let's just do that mm -hmm. all the time. Well, yeah, they, they, um, you're right. <laughs> but I think they were already sort of trying to change it up because there was sad stuff. And what Wally before that? But I didn't think Wally worked as well as Up did. I think Wally to me should have just been robots. Like the humans ruined it. Yeah, I love Wally yeah. up until the humans appear. Yeah. I figured you probably agree with me on that. Well, so mine is Ratatouille. And I think Ratatouille okay. ends on a really positive, upbeat note. Like that's a happy movie for me. Yeah, Ratatouille is one I haven't seen since the theater, but my girlfriend says the same. She's like, I love the ending of Ratatouille. And I was like, yeah. oh, really? The ending? I don't remember it. And then she tried to describe it to me, and it's just like, <laughs> he cooks the food, and everyone likes it. 
<laughs> I think Ratatouille is probably the best job. I mean, of the movies I've seen, I haven't seen all of the recent ones, but it's the best job they did of making something that is sprawling and epic. Like that movie is, it feels like almost like a biblical epic. <laughs> like there's so much going on in it, <laughs> but it's, you know, rats. I don't know. It is. It's no, it's, and that's like, I, I love that they extended that into the parks as something, even though you may throw up if you go on it, but it's still just super <laughs> my, fun. My immediate thought when you said that was just because rats cooked food for you. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> that too. <laughs> that's that's the restaurant next to the ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess my favorite maybe is Inside Out, which has the fun title inside head in japan um <laughs> because it's got the weird surrealism it's got the psychodrama stuff like on a metaphysical level i don't agree with that movie at all but that doesn't mean i don't enjoy it you know i've but heard then... that for that film is actually really useful for child psychologists i've been putting off watching it because i heard it's like devastatingly sad just like coco also has this reputation, but Coco's on this oh. list, so I can just watch it for this podcast. Coco is amazing. Coco is like, is, is Coco Pixar too? Like that's I lose yes. track of who is what now because mm -hmm. Coco, I also love that movie. And even though, yes, there's a sad element, like it's just so beautiful of a thing, and then it's not like sad because then they're all get to be on day of remembrance and be together so yay uh that's actually airing exactly one year from when we're recording this podcast wow that's weird but mm -hmm. yeah i um i also i, I said i like frozen i also like moana a lot more than a lot of the recent pixar films Love moana. but now you're out yep. of pixar land i thought about moana but I was well like, wait, wait, it's, it's not pixar it's not pixar it's, yeah <laughs> but it's great it's really really great oh it is also that line is very blurred because didn't like the head of mm -hmm. Pixar take over being the head of Disney and stuff. Yeah, and Rhea and the Last Dragon was to me flawed in the way that I would expect a Pixar movie that was weird to be flawed in because the messaging was all weird. I don't think I've actually watched a Pixar all the way through since Toy Story 3. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I... is it that weird? I know. Yeah. I know this is strange coming from me, but like. I have a um, thirty-year-old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you're not a fifteen-year-old uh... girl inside. What? Because that's. I mean. Well, I mean, Matt can describe to you the way I am a fifteen-year-old girl inside because I've got every <laughs> Taylor Swift album on my wall over there. And a shrine to Princess Peach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm not above being into childish things. I'm just not specifically into that childish thing anymore. I think I yeah. kind of. A combination of you know, my daughter being the age where she doesn't re really want to watch Pixar, right? Because she's about to turn 14. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. although you know, it's Japan, she still watches lots of anime. But, you know, she wasn't as interested in seeing the new ones. And and I think I've kind of fell off the wagon somewhere around Onward. And I was like, well, we're going to watch it. Yeah, Onward was... Um... Walking Pants. This is the thing about <laughs> Onward is it... Onward is the kind of movie that I always wanted Pixar to make, but it didn't quite work for me it felt maybe a little bit too much of an overcorrection and that it was just about kids hanging out yeah um, it was kind of the first one where i think i was um you know i don't know if i like this well uh, soul to... actually offended me <laughs> yeah um yeah. that actually had a i'll go ahead and spoil this just a mild spoilers for soul there's a part where the man who is a jazz music instructor and was really good at piano gets a job 
he fights to get back to his body he gets a job playing in jazz clubs and then the leader of the band is like nope see you tomorrow night different club and he's sort of like that's it and then she's like yep that's it and then he just goes back to to death he's like <laughs> you know what i don't want to be a working musician i think that must have been some kind of weird animator burnout seeping through but i was like are you kidding me like this guy who spent his whole life teaching music doesn't know that being a working musician means going to this club every night <laughs> god ugh. Um, also it was to save obnoxious tina fey ghost or whatever the hell that was yeah i don't know i it took me i quit watching that movie in the beginning i made it 30 minutes and i was bored um yeah. and that and got great. that movie got a lot of like other criticism around it I went back and watched it and I just didn't think it was very good overall. Yeah. It's like good soundtrack, good actors, but it just like the, and they had a bunch of like New Zealand, everybody in the afterlife was from New Zealand. So it was really like weird, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the messaging was just like, what the hell is going on with this? Yeah. Let's turn the focus back to toy story three then. We had to, I, you know, no, no, I thought it was worth having a the Pixar rundown. Um, yeah, but, but I was wondering which which would be your your main toy of the slot. I I have my Lotso here, of course. So I guess I chose them by proxy. To I don't like hugging though. That's one of the reasons I like living in Japan. Nobody nobody hugs in Japan. <laughs> Even family oh. just like waving. <laughs> I'm a big hugger, and I've still got my stuffed lion, which was basically my Woody right there. Um, of the Toy Story toys, the one that appealed to me was always Buzz, because I was like a big action figure kid, and I've got my Transformers and stuff like that. And the Buzz, if I was in that world, I think the Buzz toy I would have desperately wanted, just like all the kids did in the first film. I guess it's kind of like having my Galvatron in the the 80s. He's the one that turned the purple gun, right? That yeah, he turns into a big phallic gun. Yeah, yeah. But it, <laughs> it flashes through the plastic translucent tube so that's cool i yeah. stand galvatron galvatron was awesome he was always pissed mm. <laughs> um i i like the telephone i don't really i don't know why i like the i love the the voice of the telephone yeah it's like <laughs> i like just the the weird off kilterness of it and how he's sort of like the the grizzled informant but he's a telephone uh, also you... the Kristen shell tri triceratops but yes. i just like Kristen shell a lot and yes I was kind of blown away going back to look at who voiced things that Michael Keaton was the Ken doll. Same. I, I saw that literally last yeah. night as I was um, getting ready to play the movie and I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> just like, whoa, whoa. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I like Bo Peep, but she wasn't in this movie. Um, so I feel like I just have to default to, to Woody because Woody's Woody and I love Tom Hanks. Uh, but I don't like I had my little ponies like I had a Barbie. I did like the Barbie and Ken stuff. Yeah, it was fine, but it's hard for me to pick <laughs> a specific toy out of this lot. So Sometimes I don't, I don't I know. I like to I'll sign Woody. my letters like Ken, you know, with a little heart at the end of my name. <laughs> yeah, the Barbie Ken stuff was great. And I was like, wow, I hope the Barbie movie is as good as all this stuff we're watching right now from 10 right? years ago. <laughs> like it totally made me like, oh, wow, I hope it's going to be fun. 
and just a fun play on on the worlds. It does. It, I do have pretty good hopes for that Barbie movie. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be good, actually. The trailers yeah. knocked out of the park. Um, yeah. Mark, did you have the phone in your preschool? Do you remember the phone from being a tyke? I didn't have a preschool. We were poor. Oh, okay. I mean, we, I went to a cheap. Well, I went yeah, to I, school when I went to school when it was free. I never went to a summer camp. And uh, I t- and actually, I did the whole thing where I was a patrol in school to get to take the trip to Washington D.C. And my parents were the only yeah. ones who wouldn't pony up the hundred <gasps> bucks. So I didn't. So I did that for nothing. And it probably has left me with a vaguely healthy disrespect of all authority and distrust of all parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely remember like drooling on the phone as a, a very young lad. So um, it did stick out to me the the, the phone. <laughs> I, I had one of those little things where you push the um, the thing that looks like a lawnmower and the balls pop. Yes, but that's never yes. in these. I don't think. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly dad. what I was thinking of. Yeah. But it's um, in this one, Mark. Is it in this one? Did yeah. I miss that? <laughs> Damn, there's just that thing. The the best thing about these movies is there's so many toys all the time that you just are overloaded and you yeah. can't even catch all of them. Yeah. That sounds like someone who hasn't seen Toy Story trying to pretend they've seen it. What you like about Toy Story? <laughs> oh, you know, all the toys. <laughs> so many toys. <laughs> I don't know. You know, Tom Hanks, he's great. <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, what my toy set was as a child. Uh, of course, I had a bunch of the Transformers. Yeah, oh, I too. Um, I still have a Grimlock. Yeah, like it's weird what toys I actually have here because I, I do have a few things from my childhood in this house in Japan that, you know, somehow got over here. But very few, so it's like the opposite of, you know, Mark's thing, right? Where they're, they're all, he didn't box them up. Oh, well, speaking <laughs> of, no, speaking of Ratatouille, um, a bunch of rats actually pooped all over our toys in the attic, so my mom threw them all away. So okay. imagine that Toy Story movie. It's the Toy Story Ratatouille crossover everyone wants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a zombie movie where it's like the rats are coming in to poop on them. <laughs> They're like, I don't know where Remy is. I'm just nervous. I'm just going to poop on all these toys. And the toys are just like, no, stop it. Although we, we sitted, is that we did like Sid, yeah. where, um, our, our bad movie guest Andrew and I would take G.I. Joes and paint them and deconstruct them to make X-Men because they didn't have X-Men I, toys in the early 90s that were any good. <laughs> I had friends who did that and I was just sort of like jealous I but I couldn't bring myself to do anything to my own toys because I was like you know the poor thing. Mm. Oh good. yeah I was always convinced I would get in trouble if I ever did anything to any toys. I mean I probably would have felt like that too. But... No, the rats did it for me. <laughs> I think it was kind of like at my house we didn't modify the toys, but at his house we modified the toys because, oh. I mean, that that's, you know. I mean, the one thing I did have that was actually the non-poor person thing I had was I had a Scorponok. Do you guys know what a Scorponok is? Of course I know like, Scorponok is. <laughs> yeah, it ruled. I well, kept. I, I don't always, know. I don't know. It was like a it's Transformer. A Transformer. It was a Scorpion but also okay. its head came off and turned into a little guy. So oh, it sweet. always like transformed the little guy into a guy and put him in the head slot and stand <laughs> it up, try to stand it up so that it looked like a tiny man with a giant scorpion for a head. <laughs> so, I, had a full I haven't Voltron changed that much. Once. I had a full Voltron once, but well, it, it, awesome. I remember it broke relatively quickly. <laughs> I have a bootleg Thomas the Tank Engine Voltron where it's like a Voltron made out of Thomas the Tank Engines and 
Very uh, cool. It barely supports itself. It is very bootleg. The kids, <laughs> the kids here where me and Matt work would go insane for that. <laughs> um, I, I gave one to a friend and he kept it in the box and I was just like, keep it in the box. It will not support itself. <laughs> Yeah, I was sitting here because Luke and I teach uh, a fair amount of small kids, and I'm sitting here wondering what kind of pummeling they give the toys. Uh, I, I guess we're seeing more of the caterpillar room than the butterfly room. Yeah. See, I have an <laughs> yeah, Emmy. sometimes. You see how I got? I have an Emmy. Very nice. Emmy, and and the Samus. So when I'm asleep, they probably all like chase each other. No, I just <laughs> again, I got lots of here. Maybe he's gonna kill me in my sleep. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. Would Lotso kill a person? Like, how many times do you think he would have to get replaced before he would start just actually killing people? Give, oh yeah, give it a year, two, two more it'll times. Be, it'll be child. Yeah, he play. was on the verge. He was on the verge there. <laughs> so I mean, he was kind of complicit in in, in maybe murdering our our toy family, right? By he tried. He attempted murdered everyone. Yep. That just that, because that he was didn't a feel shot. special. Yeah, I thought we were going to redeem Lotso at the end of this movie, and we didn't. Mark, is that what makes you cynical? <laughs> it would have been so easy for them to just do it. There was just, I, it was like there was a mandate that you have to punish the the uh, bad man. I feel like it was more surprising that they didn't redeem him. That maybe, maybe I feel like that too. It's just, uh, it didn't feel like that kind of movie. Maybe. Hmm like the family was too big they couldn't they couldn't take in anyone else like an evil uh, someone uh, hasn't seen the fast and the furious franchise because they can always take another bad guy and make them part of the family <laughs> i actually haven't but i i do have a i could I have this i have this cup from the movie theater so this cup also comes to life and recruits racers when i'm asleep probably i i've heard i need to see it just for jason momoa Jason Momoa is phenomenal in the most recent one, yeah. He's having the time I... of his life playing the bad guy. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I... I never get around to seeing things, and they keep making more of them. So it's just like a pile of work that keeps piling up higher and higher. Yeah. Now, the last Fast and the Furious I saw was the Tokyo Drift. So that's how far behind I am. I understand that feeling, Mark, but you really don't need to see them to understand the next one. <laughs> I uh I, I could I I would start with Tokyo Drift. That is something that I do in every video game that I'm possibly capable of drifting. I drift constantly. Come on, roll the dice. Start with part ten. <laughs> about seven, five, five, right? Is that ten? The, uh... Start with ten. Ten Number is 10? your first okay. one. Hell, ten. I I still haven't seen them. Oh, I did see that. I was about to say I haven't watched one in its entirety, but I did watch. Hobbs and Shaw. So, um, and I could watch the first day because I do have them on a Blu-ray that I got for ten bucks. But uh, when nine, they're everywhere. Out. Yeah, yeah. So, well, they're in my room. I could get to this. Uh, for you, they're they are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got Pixar but... in my room. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I'm just. I mean, I, up to Toy Story three, I think I do have, except for maybe Cars two. I don't know if Cars two was before or after this. So, there were three Cars, right? And the yeah. third yeah. one. I got the impression the third cars was also about everyone is old and and dying just like this movie was. I think the third cars was like Rocky Five where he's like training the young buck and he has brain yeah. damage. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, let me shift into gear. I'm I'm not I'm going to stop before I say something. 
Yeah. I, I, feel, <laughs> I, I feel like if you switch to the planes, things get much worse because that's the straight to video. Dane version, Cook. Right? Yeah. Dane Cook it's no. what Dane Cook docking with a much smaller plane the entire movie or something. Is that what's going on? <laughs> I didn't have to watch that. So right. I think that one also was not Pixar at all. Yeah, it was Disney, which who knows what that means. Well, there was a there was a period, I think it was like a year, where cars made more money than the rest of Disney combined. Jesus. Because they yeah. could just keep selling toy cars with a little face on them. Yeah. Because everyone wants to buy into the fantasy that everyone having a car is sustainable. <laughs> no, because I, I do like... Yeah, just talking about what's involved with what, you know, I do the the occult Disney podcast where up to now it's been mostly linear. Like maybe we forgot something, went back, but after The Little Mermaid, things just start to get whack. It's like, it, does a goofy movie count? The Huffalump movie, does that count? Do you <laughs> do you add in Pixar now? Do you wait till later? Little Little Mermaid <laughs> 2, Little Mermaid 3. I think straight No, those don't count. Yeah, Aladdin videos. 3, Jafar's those Revenge. Those don't count. But listen, <laughs> I have heard I have heard no less than three people in like the last two days mention the Goofy movie. So like that, whatever. I've not seen the Goofy movie, but it is legendary for some people, apparently. It is, yeah. It's, it's very well meme. regarded. It's a huge meme thing, whether it's good or not. I haven't... I don't think I've seen it. Maybe I have. No, it, but... it's, it's popular with kids of like my generation. I also haven't seen it, but yeah, I know it's just. Oh, how old are you? Sorry, I don't mean to out uh, your age. Oh, that's fine. I'm 32. Okay, I'm, I'm 45. 42. So I think Matt's what 44. That's right. 43. Good, good okay, at math. Good, you are. You're good. <laughs> like I do, I do wonder how younger, like 20 and under people view these movies that I grew I up s- with. And like I like the newer movies much more than the movies I grew up with, but they did this. They vary in in production quality and everything else. That I wonder what the standard the standouts are for younger people. I feel like the the closer we get to someone that's like say Luke's age, that I just expect Luke's generation to be kind of unstuck in time because they grew up with more internet than we did. Because that's the thing. As soon as I was able to pirate things, I was like, oh, no, give me everything from every country, from every period. I'm listening to disco all the time. I'm watching Russian crime films. You know, I um, that that whole thing being shackled by what's of the moment was just gone. So I don't, I'm sure not everyone feels like that, but I certainly did. I That's my theory for why we have such a huge 80s nostalgia period but we didn't quite get the same thing for the 90s. Mm-hmm. Because for us 90s kid, like the stuff we grew up with never went away. It was always just a tap of the computer away from me. So like for 80s kids, you're like, you grew up watching Transformers. Transformers went off the air. It wasn't that available then for like 20 or 30 years. Yep. Whereas for my generation, Pokemon came off the air, but I could just, I could just go and watch an episode online anytime I wanted. Like it never really left for me. That was the thing. I was obsessed with Transformers. The animated series was everything to me. And it just ended after three years. It just Mm. ended. Nobody said it's canceled. uh, Things were sort of wrapped up, but you know, and then the thing is in Japan, they continued to get Transformers series over and over again until we had internet where I could find out about all these things in in the 90s. Yeah, so, yeah, they had a couple more seasons, and they had Rebels in Disguise. So, I yeah. remember watching in early YouTube. I was watching all these 
badly translated headmasters episodes they're <laughs> just how those are funny there is a thing though i mean and that's i guess with toys too you know we I, all of us have a, at least a few toys in our room if not more um but like just having the physical media like like for movies i don't know what russian crime drama to watch got some some discovery showing up there that's the root yes yeah um <laughs> yeah fully so, possible but yeah like for me i like thumbing through the physical media like going through the movies having no clue what i'm going to stumble into you know or mm. filing rifling randomly well, through cds which i don't even have like ordered particularly well anymore well here's an admission that no one can use to prosecute me because the statute of limitations has to be over and the company is gone uh when blockbuster came out with a thing that was like netflix discs in the uh early 2000s I um, had a DVD burner and they had all these obscure films, I think because they just took over a bunch of mom and pop stores. So they had all these Kung Fu movies that barely existed. I rented one every single day, copied it every single day, sent it back. So I got like 500 ish (laughs) (laughs) movies on disc. So that was my physical media for quite a while, really. But you can rifle through those, and maybe if you wrote the title mm-hmm. on it, uh, hopefully I did. You did. I did. Okay, you said that sounds cool, and it's in your hand. And I guess you didn't get the artwork, so that's too bad. It, but it's, it's different cool than going until... to the Wu Tang site on YouTube, you know, where it's like, oh my god, there's yeah. so much here, I don't even know what to do with, even though it's got all the best kung fu movies. <laughs> it's cool until you have to move, and then you realize that you've become a hoarder because you have too much physical everything, <laughs> and that did happen. Uh... 2017 i was like oh no i'm suddenly a hoarder and uh i had something like i don't know eight pieces of pyrex living by myself just stuff like that i was like this is insane so uh so i have a different i kind of feel differently about physical media like i feel a little bit uh iffy about it i guess but you know i bought a bunch of 4k blu-rays not too long ago uh, by a bunch, I mean like six or seven. But you know, Transformers, the movie, RoboCop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, the the important stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, weird there's... thing I've I've noticed. So I'm a big Pokemon fan, and it's not difficult for me to find Pokemon toys in Japan. Like they're everywhere. So I've realized the stuff that I actually get nostalgic about is, it's if I see something and it's in like the box and the. The, like, everything around the edges is the 90s version and it's like, oh i'm nostalgic about seeing this in toys r us and wanting it and buying it and opening it once i get it and i have the toy i'm like eh. and like uh, that's making me think like man those companies really got into my brain because i'm not even nostalgic about having these things i love i'm nostalgic about the hype cycle of wanting it because they were selling it to me in commercials and i saw it on the shelves and yeah yeah that I feeling of that... wanting Bruticus, the transformer that was made of tanks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I still sometimes remember what that felt like, that like raw adrenaline of just, oh, I want this big giant robot made of tanks. Um, but um speaking of Pokemon, Matt, do you remember that Pikachu I used to have? Uh, I don't think so. It it came out of a happy meal or something, and it had two little electric contacts. And if you touched both of them, it would go Pikachu. But if you touched one of the contacts and then held hands with other people and then the person at the 
then another person in the circle was holding the other contact and then one of the people when you close the circle it would go pikachu so you could just like touch someone and it would go pikachu over and over <laughs> I, maybe i'm not I, explaining this well but i, I get I, it don't really remember that to be honest um, <laughs> i really i don't know where that went and i really miss that oh. <laughs> because it was fun to just touch people and make them go pikachu <laughs> <laughs> It is fun to touch people. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's one subtext in this movie, which um, when you notice it becomes more interesting, which is a Sid who is in the movie. Did you mm. pick up on this? Wait, what? I missed that. When was Sid in the movie? Sid he's is the, the garbage man. He's, oh! he's the garbage man that they all hitch a ride with at the end of the film. Oh, my God. And almost throws totally him away earlier that. in the film. So the subtext is, you know, Sid's comeuppance is still continuing as Andy is now going off to college and Sid is uh, an 18 or 19 year old garbage man. But now. even more you know problematic what? is the uh, fact that they think being a garbage man is comeuppance. I was going <laughs> to say, <laughs> those actually, people are not worthy of respect. Uh, if Andy went to college in 2010, he is very likely to not be making as much as a garbage man was making. Okay, good <laughs> would point. Would be making if he kept doing the garbage man job because they make something like $19 an hour and have benefits. Um, I know plenty of people who went to college during that time period, went to like law school who were having trouble finding any job at all. Or any and job Andy, was, Andy was a pretty creative kid. I bet he went and did some very not financially helpful degree you <laughs> <laughs> went and started an animated film studio <laughs> i don't yeah it, it's um it's just this is the thing i looked this up because i was curious uh the first funko pops were revealed about one year after this movie came out i'm not a funko pop person myself but i feel like that was almost like this tipping point where oh adults just have toys now like Funko Pops little... are to toys what Ready Player One was to films. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking somebody should really make a Funko Pop movie, but it would just be like all the licensed toys, like in the uh, Lego movie. But they would all just have this soulless, empty voice, like "I'm Batman." Hi. <laughs> they would all talk like that. Like someone should do that. I think a fun I would only watch a Funko Pops movie if it was made by someone else who hates Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> like Tim and Eric make it. Yeah. Um how for creepy toys, how does Big Baby rate? Because we got creepy ones in Toy Story <laughs> One, if you remember them. Did, Here you get Big Baby. Did anybody feel like that was a weird commentary about humans being terrible? <laughs> like the the most monstrous thing in the film is a human baby. Hmm. Those, I those just, the daycare I just monsters for humans. <laughs> Again, I was at the daycare. The baby with the eyes like that is pretty creepy. Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't help baby, but think about it. The baby creeped me out in the beginning. I was like, you know, those aren't good people when that baby is there. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. then, then we got to see that you know, baby was abused and lied to, and and baby it wasn't like that at all. Uh, so baby was redeemed at the end and had Barbie to take care of baby. Uh, but that is, I will say that the, because we have the, we have Sid's toys in the first movie. Right. Mm. And then in the, in the, in another movie, there's some other toys that are like not normal toys. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think remember the for, second one very well. 
I think I think in there might be some in four somewhere. I know or four is forky. That, yes, yeah, so four has forky, whole thing. and it may just be that because in in four, not sorry, spoilers. Um, they're in an it's antique fine. shop. They're in an antique <laughs> shop at some point, and so I think it's just that the those those toys are vintage and even creepier because they're vintage toys. And this this baby doll that was naked basically uh and had no identifier stuff besides the yeah it reminded me of those toys i like it when they do that and play around with putting different heads on things and making them creepy because that that's the best it's like funko pops (laughs) yeah look i i have three funko no i have more (laughs) i have some i have some in storage but not only did they make spock with a cat he has blue eyeshadow what like it's Wait. amazing okay yeah like he's super he's like yeah so and i, I do I, own some funko pops but they came unbidden into my life i've almost <laughs> bought the gloomy there's a bunch of gloomy bear ones now like i almost bought a couple of gloomy bear ones i might still i don't the bottom I feel like fell out gloomy bear is not so much of a thing in japan anymore because at first time i'm I was sure in yeah japan, it's an american I came back with gloomy bear stuff yeah well was I originally my... here but I mean, look, I have my gloomy bear coffee mug right here that I got, I think, the first time I went to Japan, maybe the second. I can't remember. Mm. It does remind me of the Totoro uh, appearance in this movie. Like, Mm. there you were. Like, that was fun. Another reason Bonnie is better than Andy. Yeah, Bonnie was great. (laughs) Like, I... I mean, when we met Bonnie, I was just like, oh, my gosh, what a total sweetheart with a big imagination. I adore her. Uh, so so having her be in there and come back around and then she's also in the fourth movie. Uh, big win there. Much better than Andy's sister. Sorry, Andy's sister. Sorry, Andy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Andy's I'm a big sister Bonnie was, fan. Yeah, Andy's sister was like eight. She was just, why aren't you getting rid of your toys? Ah. I want your room. Give it to me. Okay, sure. My lo- mom loves to bring up the time that I was like 21 and my brother was 12. And my brother gave me all his Transformers because he'd grown out of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish that my sister had gotten into Transformers and given me hers. <laughs> I, then they hadn't been put in the attic with the rats. No, nah, as an only child. But I guess that means you get spoiled with some toys. So, <laughs> Yeah, and then you go and sell them when you're in your 20s. Like, I sold most of my My yeah. Little Ponies. Because they came back, like they came back, and all of a sudden there was a market for My Little Ponies, and it was like my, one of my favorite childhood toys. But I was like, nope, goodbye, bye ponies, go live a good life. I kept like one or two ponies, but I'm happy that they're oh. somewhere in the world. It's yeah. like you know, if you sell them for more than what they originally cost, the the second owner is much less likely to ever, you know, get rid of them. So that's yeah. kind of a win-win. I've thought about selling the Grimlock. Uh, Grimlock was never my very favorite Transformer, but I just don't. <laughs> Make I don't think it's worth a whole lot because there are ton- there were a ton of them, really. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's work. It's work to sell things. I think we go through phases. Oh, like, well, and you're talking about like when you've downsized with things, and like I just did that because I had to move cross co- cross country. And I was like, I can't take all this stuff. So what? what is it time to move past, like move away from? And it was my comic book statues, which I'm kind of sad about, but they were mostly in storage. 
and I don't read comics anymore uh, because I can't afford to read comics anymore. And so it was like, okay, you know, move on from those. Um, And I sold them at a huge loss, but they're off to make someone else happy. So. Well, I mean, the good thing about comics is you can get collections and digital stuff much cheaper than they ever were. Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah, for real. Yeah, with my daughter several years ago, we just doubled down on the Legos. I mean, maybe that was lazy thinking. Hmm. But it's like, ah. But it's fun. I have be more active, uh, you know, playing with your kid that way. I mean, you end up just taking out the pieces and not building anything for the most part. But I I had to build a fair amount of the Ecto-1. That was difficult. So (laughs) I've come very close to buying Legos. I just see them and I'm just like, this is probably a bad idea i'm just gonna back away but i know Don't at some it. point at some point there is a roller disco for 50 bucks someday God. when i go back to my parents house in uh atlanta there there is a um tardis uh lego set waiting it's got capaldi nice. and matt smith as the figures and uh maybe nice. rose, not rose not rose who's later whoever clara clara is the one who yes. overlapped those two doctors yes yes, yeah. yes that's, that's the yeah. third figure correct so one one day I'll build my TARDIS. <laughs> my you know, brother this... was super into Lego, and now my parents occasionally buy me Legos, and I'm like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> the Wally, the Wally behind me is a Lego Wally. Like Wally. I love Lego stuff because you're using your brain, and especially not that we're old, but you know, as I get older, I want to make sure that the activities I'm doing, like I'm still working my brain with. But sadly, I don't really have much more money now than I did when I was, you know, 10 years old. So it's yeah. hard to upkeep the Lego. And that is the real risk. And I know for me, because I'm a collector type personality that I, you know, I could start. I've been good with Lego so far, but I have to be really careful what I start getting excited about because then I fixate on it. And then I'm just like, what, what money? I didn't spend that money. Mm-hmm. And then I've got more Legos. So, so far, so good, but good luck. Yeah, I think I got a, a <laughs> there, few more Lego sets than my wife would have been happy with, but mm-hmm. eh, there, <laughs> there is a person who builds brutalist architecture using Lego on Instagram, and I'm trying to find their Instagram handle just to give them a shout out. But that's definitely been kind of a source of Lego joy for me, just following that guy or lady i can't remember who it was so anyway i'm going to keep looking for that and say it when i find it did we see many legos in these movies this would have been not that far off the lego movie right so Uh, so the movie was yeah it was after this even if the lego LEGO movie wasn't out lego were pumping out lego star wars movies and lego superhero movies and stuff so maybe they weren't willing to just give away their brand to something else they have blocks the chair in there the chair they tie buzz to was made of lego uh lego tonic lego underscore tonic is the person who i was following it does cool brutalist architecture and i'm looking right now and it makes me very happy just even just looking at the the top couple of things um i know i probably could just download how to build those myself and go to a website and and order the exact bricks, but that would be very expensive. And then I would just be copying somebody else. Yeah. That's, that stuff's pretty impressive. Yeah. We have, um, in Nagano, 
they make the nano blocks. I don't know if these show up in the States much. They, they might, but they're much smaller than Legos. And most of them, well, there's some of you make some Pokemon out of, and, but uh, we have a few that you build like, you know, world sites after like the Coliseum or whatever. So, would you say they're called nano blocks? We have dots. I don't know about nano blocks. Okay, might be along those lines, but dots uh, is still like mostly circles. Those are much more difficult to build than the Legos. Huh. You need to use like tweezers and stuff sometimes. Oh wow. <laughs> the first no result way. I saw was a a bear peeing into a toilet that's Lego and it's they <laughs> built the pee and everything. They built okay. the arc of translucent yellow Legos. But it's okay. on Temu, so it probably isn't real. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Can't trust the internet for what's real anymore. <laughs> I mean it says four forty eight. Like you 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 decide. Is a <laughs> <laughs> sort of elaborate Lego set for 448 real? Probably not. Here's um, a very elaborate pink Sakura tree for 1486. Also probably fake. Mm. Maybe well, that sounds more likely. Um oh I fourteen dollars and eighty six cents. I'm s I can't convey to you what how elaborate this is, but it is very <laughs> elaborate. Okay. Um I did learn what transom means from watching this a few nights ago. Was it oh yeah, I do transom? remember. I do remember birds bringing up that word. Yeah, which is the window above a door. Which I didn't. Mm -hmm. I, I learned that. I learned the word from Toy Story three like two and nights I, ago. I just learned it from you. There we go. I learned it and then forgot it and then learned it again from you all in the space of twelve oh, hours. So okay. and you'll probably forget it I'll by the end of the I day. Have, I'll learn it again <laughs> tomorrow when you bring it up again. <laughs> Cycle of learning. Um, we we. I think it's reasonable to have a bunch of toy talk when you're talking Toy Story 3, so that's cool. But uh, I did want to see if anyone had some focused movie observations before we uh, go too far down the line. So, yeah, yeah going, watching it last night, a couple of things I took away was, um, A, the plot. I don't like that in all three films they find an excuse to do Buzz's story again. Yeah. <laughs> I have that in my notes. Like, yes. I would have liked it if this film, he just got to be their pal all the way through the film. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, like it's, he... get, oh. it's getting into the Mr. Data problem that you always bring up, Matt. Like, uh -huh. it's just a, it's a liability to keep Buzz around if he can just be turned into a villain every movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then on top of that, the overall plot just felt like it was built on, like, maybe one too many coincidences. So I think it's a film that works really well once. But I don't necessarily think it it works on a rewatch because the emotional beats, once you know how everything plays out, I think they they hit slightly less hard. And then you're just watching the film and the film, it has funny gags and there's some cool creepy imagery, but it doesn't really, I don't think it holds together very well. It, it sort of has that problem where they're desperately trying to get back to the kid or the adult who doesn't really want them anymore so he can give them to the person they find halfway through the film anyway yeah um i think that the the first thing that pops into my head is how the matrix reloaded is about neo desperately saving trinity and then she just dies in a car accident right after that <laughs> but i mean they they didn't know they're <laughs> well it's like of course they didn't know they were going to make toy story 4 and they didn't know they were going to make Toy Story 5 when they made 4, I'm sure. But, uh... Oh, yeah, it was... Way, is it? it is. 
Uh, there, this was just announced pretty okay. recently, like April. But uh, yeah, it was it was kind of difficult watching Woody just desperately flailing at something that wasn't ever going to work out. And that's part of why I like four betters because four is sort of about Andy, or sorry, about Woody just being like, you know what? I'm good. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go off with Bo Peep and explore the world until Toy Story five inevitably brings us back together somehow. <laughs> that was what was just weird to me about between three and four, that if three is, about coming together as that family and Woody realizing that who he really wanted to be with was not Andy, which yes, like that relationship with Andy was very unhealthy. And I think there's discussion to be had around it. Like that was a bit yeah. too much. Um, but to come back around and be like, no, I, I meant to be here with all of the toys with my toy family and again, we didn't have Bo Peep in this movie, so that little element was left out. I like coming back around to Woody being more level-headed and saying, no, I actually want to go live my life for me at this point. My life isn't just to take care of everybody. But then he also like leaves all the toys behind to go be with Bo. And it's just, we're going in so many different directions. So I kept asking myself of the events of four take away from what happens in three and like to me it, it kind of does but at the same time like you like i'm okay with woody going off on his own but it was just like but we just got there <laughs> like you just got to the place and i know here we are a year to whatever time lapse in between making the movies but it was just like oh we're a happy family and then oh no what he's what he's done and what he's gonna go basically get married or whatever uh that was that just turns out being kind of weird to me and god knows what five is going to be i i struggled with buzz lightyear too like i watched 30 minutes of it and i quit and i wound up going back later on and still having trouble getting hooked uh i haven't so heard I don't anyone even, really i well of that movie <laughs> i thought about watching it because obviously i have disney plus which is just watch everything uh but i watched turning red instead and mm. I kind of like turning her head. It was it was a mixed bag, but I, I do need to watch that because I work like three miles away from Lesser Pandas. That, the thing is, the pandas look really cool, but as a metaphor, it is flawed. Well, that's uh, I think the Toy Story metaphor. I can't quite figure out what the relationship between the toys and kids is meant to represent. But I don't think it holds up to three films of scrutiny. <laughs> yeah. Like the first film, it's like, great, they're toys, they want to be played with. And they and then by this time it's like, like, what is going on that they're this desperate for this adult to play with them? <laughs> yeah, they're issues. like calling him and stuff. They're like, what does this represent? I don't want to think of my Yeah, it is just well, like it's super There's an I issue guess... I, I don't really like the the structure that Hollywood has decided that there should be a trilogy of films and the third one is about death. Like that doesn't, <laughs> it seems like anytime someone comes back and makes a fourth one, like the matrix resurrections, they're just like, you know what? Let's bring them back. That was pretty hasty to just kill off these characters. <laughs> it was sort of a story story four was a little bit like that. Pretty different, but you know, there's no, um, there's no like machines 
bringing them back to life over a hundred years. I guess I'm just dumping spoilers everywhere. I'm sorry if you haven't seen that film, but um, yeah, it's, it's like you're sort of writing yourself into a corner because you just want to complete the thing, but really completion is overrated. You don't have to, because that doesn't work out if you're going to come back and do more. Return of the Jedi probably could have been set up better for sequels than it was. All right, but it, or the the problem is you can write good endings, but the modern Hollywood system doesn't let you anymore. Yeah, so you like, just people have to end people it. like I'm going to make a film that's about death and it's about an ending, and then it's like, yeah, but we could keep making millions of dollars if we make another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, the I think I guess Back to the Future Three is just the thing where Bob Gale got the rights and he was just no, no one's going to make another one of these ever while I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I thought of that movie with the opening of this one, like the Wild West theme. Just like, oh. Yeah, the train over the bridge and everything. Yeah. And then flying. Yeah, actually very (laughs) Back to the Future. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Back to the Future is a perfect trilogy, but at least it ended and it ended. And it didn't didn't really kill anybody. It was just like, this is is the end of the story. Mm -hmm. And it's fine because you really don't. I, I think maybe Star Wars has put us in a position where people, a lot of people, when they saw Rogue One, were just like, well, of course everyone dies. They weren't in any of the other movies, so they must be dead. But as Star Wars has taught us, there's only like three planets and everyone knows everyone. So unfortunately, that was what they had to do. (laughs) There's the sand planet, the ice planet, and the fire planet. And there's only a few people in each one. And they all know each other. And they're all related. (laughs) And Jedi being super mystical beings were all able to be snuffed out, except for one of them or two of them or three of them. Well, three of them, four of them, five. we need for this series or this video game. Whatever the plot asks for. The last of the Jedi you will be, except from this one and this one and this one and this one. I, I had a conversation with some friends about that, and I'm just going to read off some of the texts that I suggested that they should actually make into Star Wars movies. I'm just going to read a couple. Uh, what do we got? God, this is a long conversation. Oh, different one. Okay. <laughs> Someone discovers the Force while losing their virginity, and their partner explodes, then they have to escape the police. What kind of police? <laughs> Someone someone figures out how to use the force fucking around in their garage or something, and then they rob a bank with it. You know, just do that. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do stuff about the fate of the galaxy. Just find have somebody figure out force stuff and then do force stuff. Or don't. I guess that's the Andor approach. <laughs> yeah, Andor, my favorite Star Wars thing of all time. Um I guess we'll start pulling the tank in and decide if this is a film or filth. Uh, at least as far as the regulars here, I guess I'm the one that likes the best. So I I, I, I I get what you're saying, but I'm just like, yeah, I guess I just have like nostalgia from raising a kid from this movie also because it is just like was in the blood for a few years. I have picked it to pieces, but it's still a film. It's still totally enjoyable to watch. It's just sort of a thing where if you think about it too hard, it falls apart and the Really, the filth is that I think about things too hard sometimes. Yeah, I, I do like this film. I think the the problem is it's it's a fairly simple, sweet little kids film. So when you try and spend an hour talking about it on a podcast, you end up picking it apart. But fundamentally, like my my memory of watching this the first time, I adore. And I, I still liked the film last night. I still think it's a good film. It has funny moments. It has heartfelt moments. 
the characters are great. The the sort of creepy imagery is really fun when they use it. But it's definitely not a bad film. Um, I guess I think just it was trying to tell a story in a world where businesses don't let you tell that story. Mm-hmm. And it was trying to tell quite a sad little story while also having kind of a happy ending. And I think it just it couldn't quite do. I bet there's an earlier version of this film in a draft somewhere, which is maybe a little more successful at what it does. But oh. it still has to be a bit Disney. I almost forgot a uh, shout out to Gail and Sussman, who uh, was just laid off by Disney. She was mm. the woman who saved the entirety of Toy Story 2 because she had a backup and then drove it for however many miles while heavily pregnant however many years ago. Laid off. The, the note said, Uh-oh. yeah, but what have you done for us lately? <laughs> yeah, those are a lot of the comments Burn. from Internet Bros. What? Yeah, but what has she done lately? I don't recall saying good luck. i if i want to understand why why woody like what what that what the obsession was and was there a message there because that really makes it troubling because the relationship between a toy and their person or andy and woody is not that they're like in love or partners and i feel Mm. like that kind of obsession is what i see in relationships sometimes where one person is just so codependent on the other person that they can't be away and i mean you do get that familial with families i guess sometimes Uh, i think a charitable read with it is supposed to be Woody is in the same position as Andy's mum, where it's like a parental mm-hmm. thing and they have to let go of the child because they've grown up. Yeah. But then the sort of played with metaphor makes that all a bit murky because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of weird. And I like overall, I think that. As we've said, like it works to an extent, it's entertaining. It's nice to bring them all together. There's lots of funny jokes. There are things to find like there's easter eggs throughout the movie to find um and for me like it hits even even watching it a few times over like i'm still touched by what happens um but yeah when you think too hard it just nope i just want to know best so i don't think it's filth (laughs) um i think you just don't think, and I mean, I feel like that's a general rule for everything these days because I come to that same conclusion when I talk about Star Trek. If you pick it apart too much, you're just going to ruin it for yourself. Uh, so don't think too hard about all of it all of the time. That's why sometimes you need a guy to come in and just write a a, a script about sea captains battling and make it a Star Trek movie. And that <laughs> gets everybody back on board. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel the same way um, that that Woody was weirdly obsessed with getting back to Andy. And I think it was just to move the plot forward. And it seemed weird because we're not children just going, of course, he needs to get back to Andy. Mm. Like, yeah, Yeah, especially having seen it already. (laughs) Especially having seen it already and knowing what the end of the movie is. I think that like luke said about the rewatching thing like he was just so chill with them like living in the attic like is (laughs) that really who you are that like you're you were gonna go up to college with your man or your dude your friend 
and everybody else is going to live in the attic. Like all your best friends yeah. are living in the attic and you're cool with that. Okay. Yeah. Or some, somebody being like my, my husband wants me to stay in the attic. I'm going to, I'm going back to stay in the attic. It's fine, Andy. We'll just wait <laughs> yeah. in the attic. We're going to be fine. We have each other. Like there is just, yeah, there's some really weird messaging there that we shouldn't think too, too much about. <laughs> no, they didn't seem very happy in the box. Uh, Mark, you said you had a bad review, a one-star review that you oh. somewhat agree with. Yeah, it's none of them are very fun. So I'll just get <laughs> that out of the way. Don't have my usual fun misspelled thing. Okay. Seriously? By Sue Mankey 13. Honestly, I don't understand what most here are blathering on about. Most of you must not have seen many great movies if you think this movie was great and, quote, life-changing. I just don't get it especially with how amazing the first two Toy Stories were. This movie started out with the characters and trauma and kept it that way all the way through, with each situation growing more and more sinister. This is supposed to be a kid's movie? How is it appropriate to insinuate torture in prison in a kid's movie? Seems to me the writers ran out of ideas and rehashed almost the same plot, The Toys Need Rescuing, from the previous movie, only this time involved more times riding in a garbage truck, involved a scary, crushing, fiery furnace, and an evil bear who, in my opinion, was a borderline racist casting started <laughs> off southern black friendly and ended up sounding like a black thug no. okay. uh, and, let's not, <laughs> and let's not forget to mention the disturbing and demented quote big baby dragging off mr potato head to teach him a lesson uh, i am almost laughing as i write seriously here about the torturing of mr potato head but honestly <laughs> my boyfriend and i felt traumatized watching this movie kids may be immune but we weren't laziness on the part of the writers perhaps definitely not best picture material i honestly do not mean to offend people here but what are you people thinking peace <laughs> s 21 out of 94 found this helpful peace oh. peace i forgot to mention so we didn't go over how uh, mr potato had turned himself into a pickle you missed uh, the man. Oh, funniest shit I've ever seen. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta be creative, right? Yeah, there's a there's your creativity. Well, that doesn't yeah, get well, somebody, Buck. well somebody was they did it first, <laughs> so that was creative, I guess. Yep, why they turned I, Link into a I'm pickle. really confused. <laughs> I'm very confused by um the, the racist comments. I don't know where that where uh, that is coming from. That's kind of weird. I didn't read that. I didn't read into that, but the person writing that review might not be white, so I'm not going to Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, who knows? I uh, you know, I uh I agree like yes, this movie dealt with a lot of different types of traumas. And the the sad thing about entertainment these days is that it deals with trauma a lot. I feel like we have moved past the times of it's escapism. Everything works out in the end. We're all happy. Like we deal with some hard stuff, but everything's okay. And we just went into this long depressive streak of dealing with lots of heavy stuff. And look, I think that I had this, this came up in the mission long discord over the new Superman show, like the CW Superman, which I have hmm. only seen like three or four episodes Um but apparently later on in the series, they're dealing with a character having cancer. And that was really tough for some people to deal with. And they didn't want to deal with that in the show that should be about escapism. Whereas someone else was like, I didn't want to watch it, but it wound up being really helpful for me to watch. 
So like, I think collectively we're in a place because I see it throughout Star Trek too, where they're using entertainment to try to reach out and help people through their trauma, become aware of their trauma, uh, suggest that they just look at it and do like, maybe if we see it enough, it's going to resonate and encourage people to go seek help with something somewhere. I don't know. Mm. Um, but it is, it's a little overwhelming when it is everywhere and especially in places that we want to go to for happiness. And I think this movie was like, thank God the end of this movie had the note with the toys all being united and played with and going to Bonnie. Um, Mm. Because otherwise, yeah, it would have just been a lot of dealing with really tough stuff. And then as we said, like Lotso, Lotso doesn't get helped in the end. Lotso gets, you know, ejected from society, which, okay, that's a message, but the general message of most of us is that even when you're bad like that, we try to reach out and help you and turn you around to make you a better person. And that didn't happen here. Um, whether it's a statement Disney is making, I don't know. I, you know, but it's, it's something that I've noticed overall. And me personally, I would love to go back to just like the happy ending stuff. That's why I love Ratatouille. Like, I feel good at the end of that. I just watched all of Ted Lasso, last season three of Ted Lasso. I'm like, where am I going to get my happy feelings? Because now I've got to go watch Silo, which I haven't started watching yet, but which I hear is like a lot. So I'm Mm. like, where else do I go to get the happy feelings? Because a lot of the television I watch is just a lot. Uh, And it's it's a weird, weird space to, to navigate right now. Yeah, I'd seen some clips of that Superman and it looked really wholesome. So like I was kind of thinking of watching it and it's like, oh, it's going to be some some difficult stuff to deal with as well. Yep. Yep. CW is sort of like that. Like the the Flash, I thought was really great at first. And then the third season of the Flash was like your girlfriend is going to die unless you fight. God, I don't remember. Whatever, it's another fast-moving thing. Yeah, I kind it's of, always yeah, another speed. It's that, a fast. Yeah. It, it was another speed. <laughs> yeah. I think it was him uh, from an alternate. But what I was going to say is that that's part of why I like Frozen. I'm going to come back to that and elaborate because Frozen is basically uh, Elsa is having some stuff she has to work out, and she has to be alone to work out her stuff, and then she works out her stuff and gets back with her family, and that's kind of the whole thing. And mm. I love that because I I am one of those people I do tend to kind of withdraw when I'm having a rough time and then I figure things out alone. And some people are like that. I'm not like mm-hmm. an introvert, but um I mean, that's like a very simple story compared to this <laughs> or compared to a lot of the other Pixar things. I just um, one last thing before we wrap up. I want to give a shout out to a film which I think did what Toy Story 3 was doing, but I think did it better, uh, which was Digimon Last Evolution. Because that was also about the characters have grown up and they're sort of letting go. I'm assuming none of you have seen this. Like it's Uh, I keep meaning (laughs) to watch what's the really good Digimon movie that was made by like the the guy the that one guy who went on to make a bunch of things that everyone loves. Um, You know I'm talking about it was like a Yeah it's called Our War Game, but it's only like a 20 minute movie. Okay. And then in America, it's it's wrapped into part of an absolute mess of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to watch that, but you know, yeah. it's, um... uh, but th- this is the first thing since that which feels like that. 
Um, okay. But that one also has like a, we have to grow up and move on from this childish thing thing. And it has a very, very sad ending. Like the whole theater was crying. But it's sort of, I think that what they were going for was they're like, yeah, you move on from childish things, but you take the lessons it taught with you. And I think it did it in a way which like there was still something because Pokemon has constantly been like, no, no, stay a child forever. Never grow up. Whereas well, Digimon yeah. was like, yeah, you should go grow up and leave this stuff behind. But it doesn't mean you have to forget about it. You had some it, good times with it and you can take those lessons with you. And I think that was done pretty well. Yeah, as a man, a permanent man child, one of the things I like most about Pokemon is that you're walking around the world and you find like a 65 year old man and he says, Hey, can't help but notice you've got that really cool Pokemon. How about let's battle? I have Pokemon <laughs> too. And it's just everyone just wants to fight you. And yeah, because they all also have Pokemon forever. Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's a sort of a more maybe Star Trek like ideal where everybody can just have toys forever, but they're also prison prisoners. Mm. But no, 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 Pokemon like happy. it. It's fine. <laughs> they, they're happy. Uh, I guess we will wrap things up for today. Uh, Heather, you want to tell people about your your mission log live stint uh, one more time, just to keep it yeah. fresh in the mind. Yeah. So, gosh, new Star Trek this week. Um, but I we a mission log live is on Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m pacific time it is on facebook uh just come hang out watch long you can call in if you've watched the episodes um sometime we have cool guests that you can ask questions to but yeah i love strange new worlds we've been doing a rewatch on our discord for our patrons uh and it's been really fun revisiting all the episodes we're doing the the final one uh quality of mercy tomorrow night and then new star trek on thursday which is amazing and we're going to continue those conversations on wednesdays uh so i would say if anybody's looking to talk about them come join us on the mission log patron patreon we're all staring each other down yeah matt awesome. you do the plugs on this one you always do, them. <laughs> you do, the do I, what, I always do them now okay anyway this is films and <laughs> filth uh you can find it films and filth on Twitter, uh, maybe we're on Facebook. We have a Patreon under Podcastio Podcastius where you get uncut episodes of this early. Uh, we talk about the Twilight Zone on Time Enough Podcast. More Disney and a caught Disney. And Luke keeps your gamer fires flowing with Luke Loves Pokemon, getting into a Pokemon family every week. Um, Hyrule Field Report about the Zelda games and the game game shows where gamers play the game, not the player, unless they game the player. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to. I, 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 it's, it's successful if I don't know what I just said when I described the show. That's how. I, that's how I see it now. I think it's fine. You <laughs> just. You just won the game. I'm a winner. Yay. No, actually, you just lost. Mark, the game. you just lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's clear. It's clear who's the ah. loser now. No. Once again, Mark, me and you made a reference that Matt didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> we could just keep doing this forever. Yeah. Oh, well, so long, partner. <laughs>